Christ is risen, he is risen indeed, alleluia. Thank you for joining me for our Easter celebration. Our order of service begins in our Easter bulletin and we'll be singing to open hymn number 150, Christ the Lord is risen today, alleluia. for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. 
All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Our Lord Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. We have come into the presence of God who created us to love and serve him as his dear children. But we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my risen and victorious Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. reading for this Easter Sunday is from Jonah chapter 2 verses 2 to 9, reading in which we hear about Jonah spending that time in the belly of a big fish, which of course gets us to think about Jesus spending time in the belly of the earth in the grave. Jonah said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. Our epistle reading is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Reading which encourages us that, well, since Christ lives, we have life too and will want to set our hearts on things above is what Paul encourages us to do. Since then you have been raised with Christ, 
set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Alleluia, alleluia. Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Alleluia. Alleluia. reading is from Matthew 28 verses 1 to 10. We're looking at Matthew's account of Easter Sunday morning. After the Sabbath on the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. And we'll continue now with our next hymn, Hymn 152, I Know That My Redeemer Lives. We'll sing verses 1, 2, 5, 7, and 8. Gives. He lives, he lives, oh. 
this Easter morning is a gospel reading from John chapter 20 verses 11 to 18. The Apostle John was inspired to write, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians who are following in the footsteps of our Savior, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. If you've ever watched the movie, the passion of the Christ. You'll know why I would say that it's almost too much for me. It leaves a person kind of feeling like a, a wash rag that's been through the ringer. And that's because it spends so much time 
dealing with the gory, physical suffering of our Savior, spending so much time with that that it's almost hard to grasp the final seconds, the final part of the movie, the power and the comforts that's there as it very briefly thinks about the resurrection. But now, you can maybe just watch that scene separate on YouTube. You can watch it there. It's a very dramatic scene. And in that scene, what the camera does is it's in the tomb looking around in the darkness of the, the black tomb. And it slowly pans toward the, the stone that's grinding its way along the path away from the entrance to the tomb. And then you see this finger of bright light that is sneaking into the tomb, that first Easter morning light piercing the tomb. And the stone continues its grinding path away from the entrance to the tomb. Then next, as the tomb is opened up like that, then your glance goes to the slab where Jesus' body had been laid, to the linen cloths that were there, but those linen cloths are empty. And then those linen cloths collapse. Captivating music is building at that point in time, and we see Jesus' face, a glorious-looking face, such a different face from the images that we get of Jesus' bloody, dirty face on the cross. But we see his face. He's whole again. Christ is risen, the risen Lord. He sits there for a moment, his eyes closed, perhaps taking in the warmth of the sun that he had many years before set in the sky for our benefit. And then he opens his eyes. The music then, the music then builds up with the, with the sound of drums as well. We hear voices as if it's the choir of the angels. And then the Lord stands, he moves forward, then the movie's over. Then the movie's over. Powerful. Memorable, but actually, if you think about it, the message of the scriptures is so much better. So much better. So much better. In our Lenten series this Lenten season, we've been thinking about our Savior's final steps as he headed to the cross, to Calvary, to suffer and die and to pay for our sins. And in our Easter service, we're looking at Jesus' first steps after he had died, after he had risen from the dead. And we'll see how his first steps led outside the tomb. And now see, his work was done. He had paid for our sins, and now it was time for him to announce his victory by appearing to those who thought that he had died. Well, his first steps led outside the tomb to, to Mary, who didn't seem to notice the two angels, to, to Mary, who thought that Jesus was a gardener, and to Mary, 
who ended up witnessing to us all, I have seen the Lord. If watching the passion of the Christ is enough to leave us exhausted and emotionally drained, think about what it was like for those people who were actually there on Good Friday when Jesus was suffering and dying. How, how emotionally draining it had to be to Jesus' first disciples who lived through the nightmare of Good Friday? And was it even more draining or horrific to those women who followed Jesus? And remember, it seems like many of those women were, more of the women were there at the cross than, than the disciples. But was it even more horrific for those women, for someone like Mary Magdalene, who followed Jesus, the gospel writer John makes sure we know, as it says here, Jesus' mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene were standing near the cross. What was that like? An absolute nightmare unfolding for them? If anything could possibly cause post-traumatic stress disorder, well, that was it. Those women who loved their Savior so much, they were there at the cross with his death. They were also the first ones who went to the tomb on Easter morning. They carried, as it says, the spice they had prepared to pay their final respects to their dead teacher. And as they were getting closer to the tomb, we know how the scriptures tell us that they were a bit concerned, well, very concerned about that huge stone that had been rolled across the entrance to the tomb. How were they going to deal with that? And, and they had other concerns too. They, they knew that the Roman soldiers were there. How were they going to deal with those soldiers? And how were they going to deal with the fact that Pontius Pilate had allowed a seal to actually be placed on the tomb? How were they going to be able to actually get to Jesus' body and to give it the proper anointing that they thought it should deserve in death? Well, they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know. And they were still in the dark about everything that was going on. And that certainly included Mary Magdalene. She didn't know really what was going on. She was in shock. She had gone to the tomb at the crack of dawn. And when she first arrived, she saw, well, it says, that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she left and ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, she told them, and we don't know where they put him. After sharing that report, she followed Peter and John back to the tomb. They ended up going inside the tomb, looked around, saw nothing. The tomb was empty. Jesus' body was gone, and so they went back home. There was nothing really that they could do there. And Jesus, the Apostle John, he adds this, 
unflattering comment. He says, they still did not understand what, they still did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Oh, they were slow in grasping what was going on and at times in our lives, aren't we often slow in grasping, in grasping, oh, the height and the depth and the length and the power and the certainty of our Savior's promises. And perhaps we're struggling like they were because, well, we're living in some really challenging times in our world today and that's, well, probably the way it's going to be in our world up until the end. Never easy. Well, John says, But Mary stood outside facing the tomb, weeping. As she wept, she bent over, looking into the tomb. She saw two angels in white clothes sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and one at the feet. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Her heart was broken. She was in shock. She didn't know what was going on. And she couldn't see what was right there in front of her. It says, two angels in white robes. Were there halos over their heads? Well, we don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us that. Mary probably wouldn't have even noticed that under the circumstances because she was in such grief. All she could think of is, well, she said... They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. See, she was stuck in the nightmare of Good Friday. She was thinking, well, the images in her head were Jesus, his blooded, bloody, battered, bruised body hanging there on the cross and him giving up his spirit and his lifeless body being placed in the tomb, the new tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Those were the images that were in her head. Death, the end, the end. And that's why she was sobbing, wailing, and it's as if absolutely everything had broken out. This was, in her mind, this was the worst, the absolute worst. And, you know, her master, Jesus, dead, and all the promises, the hopes that she had, that, that Jesus had given to her, it's as if they all were just thrown and tossed away. You know, she'd been with Jesus and she'd heard him, it says, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God as, as she and those other women followed Jesus while traveling from one town and village to another. And any of us who have experienced some form of trauma in our life understand maybe a little bit of what Mary was experiencing at this time in Easter Sunday morning, she was oblivious to the fact that there in front of her were two angels, these special messengers from God. She was frozen in her spot, struggling to think of what was going to be her next move. 
But Jesus, her caring Savior, understood that that's where she was. He knew what Mary needed, and that's why his first steps led outside the tomb to Mary, to Mary. It's amazing the little details that are all included with the Apostle John's writing here. Remember that he penned his record maybe about 60 years after Jesus' resurrection, about 90 AD approximately. And well, sometimes you and I, we have difficulty remembering what we had for lunch. But here, John includes those little details. John the elder man, the elder apostle. And of course, the reason why he got those details down is because his writing, the Holy Spirit, inspired him to write and made sure that every detail was there so that we would look at this and say, Ed, this isn't myth, this is the truth. This is the truth. Well, our reading says, after she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. Though she did not know it, it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you carried him off, tell me where you laid him and I will get him. Theologians who, well, some of these theologians who seemingly have too much time on their hands, they come up with several reasons why Mary didn't recognize Jesus in this instance. One was that maybe our Savior kept her from recognizing him, and that theory does have some merit that, well, Jesus is God, he could keep his identity from her, then maybe just Mary's eyes were blurred. And just think about this. She was sobbing. She was in such a state. She maybe could hardly tell if it was male or female who was there except for his voice, right? Or maybe Jesus may have looked different from what he did before his resurrection, and well, that would be so obvious. Here you have Jesus resurrected, a glorified body. Before his death, a bloodied mess. It's understandable that she wouldn't have recognized Jesus and maybe thought he was the gardener. And well, then you also think on Easter Sunday afternoon, there were those two disciples, Cleopas and his companion, the two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus. They spent, well, we don't know how much time that afternoon with Jesus. They never recognized him as they were walking. And of course, if you just think about it, Jesus was the last person they were expecting to see at that point in time. It's understandable that they didn't recognize him. So. If seeing, well, as it says, two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus has been lying, if that didn't make you, didn't make them stop and say, say what, then, then you won't recognize Jesus who, thinking of Mary, 
She had been saved by Jesus. He had miraculously cast seven demons from her. You'd think she'd never forget that face, but the trauma she was going through. And now you wouldn't recognize the voice of the teacher you'd followed for three years. You wouldn't recognize the voice of the man who had said to Martha not too long before this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even if he dies and whoever lives and believes in me will never perish. You wouldn't recognize the Lord who stood at the entrance to Lazarus's tomb and shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out with his feet and hands bound with strips of linen and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus told them, loose him and let him go. How can you recognize the living Lord when all you can remember are the horrors that embrace you? That, well, thinking of those women and others, the horrors that they had seen on Golgotha's hill. You can't see the risen Lord then, not if you're sobbing and stuck in Good Friday. And now, in our lives, do we sometimes, are we sobbing and stuck in the hopelessness of Good Friday where we feel all is lost, all is gone, there is no hope? Oh, maybe you have had times when you've been stuck in grief over the loss of a loved one that you still maybe believe died too soon, that the Lord took that person too soon from this life. Maybe you're stuck worrying about how you're going to pay the bills because you know something, in the last couple of years it seems like the cost of absolutely everything has doubled or tripled or, well, it's increased an awful lot. How are we going to take care of that? And, well, what are we going to do if we'd end up getting COVID or, or if we'd end up getting some other serious disease? How is a congregation like ours going to, going to be able to move on forward when it seems like so many people in the society is stuck in this dumb COVID stuff that is making it harder and harder to share the gospel? Oh, there are so many fears and concerns that we're faced with nowadays. And what those things can do is keep us mired in the darkness of the bleakness of Good Friday. But there's one way to roll back the massive stone that hides us in that bleakness, that darkness, and that's Easter. That's Easter. Easter has that light shining into our hearts. You know, and, well, the Savior, he's someone who, he knew what Mary needed at that time, and that's why his first steps led outside the tomb to Mary. She needed Jesus to come and to speak to him. And that's just what we need this Easter Sunday and always as well. We need to rivet our attention on Jesus and see how his first led steps led outside the tomb. 
And now with Mary, one word was all it took for Jesus to lift the fog, the darkness, the bleakness from Mary's heart and mind. Well, our reading says, Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and replied in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus told her, Do not continue to cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. She also told them the things he said to her. The King of kings and Lord of lords who had finished his work, who had completely in full paid for our sins and for the sins of the whole world. This one who had done his work, the one who had chained up Satan and his minions so that they're not the huge threat that they had been to us when, when we in faith look to the Lord Jesus, of course. And Jesus, the one who had already descended into hell to proclaim his victory, this Jesus is the one whom the Father would end up exalting and, as, as it says, would give the name that's above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of Father. The risen and glorious God, Christ, he's our good shepherd and he's the one who's over all things and he cares for us, he loves us, he sees us as the sheep of his pasture. He cares for us. He knows each of us by our name. And well, that Jesus, that good shepherd, he just simply said, Mary, Mary. And the darkness of Good Friday, the bleakness of Good Friday started to be pierced by the sun that is Easter. And the sun maybe thinking of the light shining into the tomb or thinking about God the sun shining into our lives. And she said, Rabboni, teacher. I suspect that those tears that Mary had, her sobbing, her wailing that she had been doing before, that probably continued. But now they were tears maybe of surprise, of wonder, of relief that in waves just started to fill up Mary and, and she hugged her Lord, she held him tight, she was clinging and she didn't ever want to let him go again and, and well, that's why Jesus said to her that she couldn't keep on holding on to him because, well, what Jesus had to do is he had other places to go other people to see like he had seen Mary. Our Savior wanted to have hundreds of witnesses who would see the risen Lord who like Mary could end up saying to the people of the world, end up saying to us, I have seen the Lord. Jesus' first steps led outside the tomb and Jesus made sure that he went to meet Mary because he knew that she needed 
him. She needed him. Then our Lord sent Mary to her, to his brothers, to share the Easter news with them as well, because he knew that they needed it as well. And throughout the pages of scripture, we could say that Mary and many other believers, they stand together saying to us, I have seen the Lord. See, there's the Apostle Peter with his hand in the Bible, who's saying, to be sure we were not following cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the powerful appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And, and the elder apostle John, he could never forget, he wrote, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have observed with, and our hands have touched regarding the word of life, the life appeared and we have seen it. We testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We are proclaiming what we have seen and heard also to you so that you may have fellowship with us. Together, so many witnesses in Scripture say to us, Easter is real. The Lord's gracious forgiveness and his promise of eternal life, that's also real, something we can depend on. Jesus made that crystal clear to Mary with a message for his brothers. Even that greeting for those brothers, it was pure grace to those brothers remember what they had done. They had all run away from Jesus like scared rabbits when they had promised that nothing would ever separate them from God in the first place. But here Jesus graciously reaching out to them. And there's that same pure grace here for us who sometimes are also stuck in our Good Friday nightmares. And Oh, just the problems, the troubles, and the heartache that's just a part of living in this sinful world. But see, well, Jesus' final steps, that led him to the cross, to Calvary, to pay for our sins. And his first steps after he died, after he rose from the dead, that's just to assure us that he's not ashamed to call you and me his brothers, as he says to the, in the Hebrews, to the Hebrew Christians. That's why he came. That's why he took those final steps to the cross. And that's why on that first Easter morning and following his time there, his first steps led outside the tomb to shout to us, to say to us, you have forgiveness. You have hope. You have joy. You have heaven. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the second article and its meaning. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned creature, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. All this he did that I should be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from death and lives and rules eternally. This is most certainly true. Let's pray. Almighty God, by the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus, you conquered death and opened the gate to eternal life. Grant that we who have been raised with him through baptism may walk in newness of life and ever rejoice in the hope of sharing his glory. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Oh, and in our prayers, we continue to think of all in our congregation who are dealing with different problems and troubles. Deb Spitzley continuing to deal with the heart and, and kidney issues. Paula Burris, leg circulation infection problems. Think of Karen Plotz, who on Tuesday will be having hip replacement surgery. Think of everybody in our prayer list, those that we don't know who are suffering from different illnesses and problems and troubles. And, and we say, Lord God, if it's according to your will, grant healing, but especially grant strength and grant the joy of Easter to all in our church family, our congregational family, who are dealing with different problems and troubles and issues. But as we pray to you, we ask you, please always keep on giving to all of us that joy of Easter. In this life, there's the fog of Good Friday, the bleakness of Good Friday that can always get us down. But help us every day of our lives to live in the joy of Easter, knowing we have a Savior, knowing we have the forgiveness of sins, knowing we have heaven because of Jesus. We are so blessed, and so we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Thank you again for joining me for our Easter worship. Just a few announcements to share with you in the congregation. Thursday is Gordon Waldron's birthday. Thursday is also our first quarter voters meeting. Mentioned several people in the congregation with different prayer requests. Please, please look at our prayer list. See everyone that's on the list. Please keep one another, building one another up in prayer. Again, thank you for worshiping with me for this Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. <laughs>